I've entitled this message, Joseph Forgiving His Brothers. Other than the story of the cross, and in reality, this is the story of the cross, there is not a more touching, moving passage of scripture in all the word of God than this passage before us. You'll notice after Pharaoh heard about this, look in verse 16, and the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house. This was such an amazing story, it became famous very quickly. And Pharaoh heard of the fame thereof that is depicted in this story. In spite of the cruel and inhumane way that his brothers treated him, in spite of the fact that they never asked for his forgiveness. That's very important. Somebody says, can you forgive somebody if they haven't asked for your forgiveness? Joseph did. Uh, If you're forgiven by God, it wasn't because you asked for forgiveness. He forgave you before you asked. Joseph forgives them. And this is seen so clearly in verse 4 when Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me. Come near to me. I pray you. When we have not forgiven someone, we punish them by silence, by distance, by holding ourselves away from them or holding them away from us. After all, look at the way they hurt us. Look at the pain they've caused us. I certainly didn't deserve this the way they have treated me. And we punish. You ever done that with anybody? Sure you have. But Joseph says, come near to me. He's not holding them off. Come near. To me, I pray you. How important is forgiveness? Well, I won't be saved if God doesn't forgive me. <laughs> That's how important it is. How important is it for me to forgive? Turn to Matthew chapter 6. When the Lord is teaching us to pray, he says in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
This is the only part of the prayer he commented on. He said, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Now just think of $25 million. This was a amount owed that they wouldn't be able to pay back. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. He couldn't do that. But that's what he's saying. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence, fifteen dollars, two meals at McDonald's. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Now remember, this guy was just given a, forgiven a $25 million debt. But look at how he handles this situation. And he would not. But went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after they had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Now Joseph had not forgotten what his brothers did. I've heard people say you don't really forgive unless you also forget. Well, Joseph didn't forget. Look at his language. Verse 4, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, 
And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. He remembered it very clearly. Joseph didn't forget, but he forgave. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be ye kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's the only reason that's needed to forgive. God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Look what Joseph says to his brothers. I think this is so amazing. Verse 5. Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. The reason I'm here is not because you betrayed me. It's because God sent me. He gets even stronger. Verse 6, For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall be neither earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity. I have no doubt this is a reference to the Christ that will come some uh, centuries later. God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither. But God, he didn't say God in his permissive will allowed this to take place. He said, you didn't do this. God did. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, he believed God was God. He believed God is the first cause of everything. I have no doubt there were probably times when he was in Potiphar's home that he resented what his brothers did. I have no doubt that when he was in prison, having been unjustly accused and thrown into prison when all he did was the right thing, he may have questioned, why did this happen? And anytime we're mad, there's one we're mad at. We're mad at the Lord. Every time. He did it. He did it. And if we're mad, we're mad at him. Now, he believed the God who is absolutely sovereign and he trusted him knowing that he always brings good out of evil. He believed God. Now, let me remind you of the history that led up to this glorious event that even Pharaoh called it a thing of fame. <laughs> When Pharaoh, that hardened, powerful man, heard the fame of this 
story. Joseph was his father's favorite, and his brothers were insanely jealous. And um, he told them about a dream he had that they were all going to be at his feet worshiping him. Now that threw gas on the fire. They hated him yet the more. And so when they see him coming, sent from his father to see how they were doing while they were out tending the sheep, he said, let's kill him. And we'll see where his dreams come. Let's put him to death. And then Judah comes up with an idea. We're not going to make any money out of this. Just Let's just sell him as a slave. And some Midianites came down who were merchant men going down to Egypt. And they uh, sold them to the Midianites and they took him down to Egypt. Now you think, he didn't know the language. He was done horribly wrong. And here he is, a slave in the house of a man by the name of Potiphar. And he was there for a long time, years and years. And he did such a good job as a slave for the glory of God that Potiphar made him the head over all of his house. Potiphar didn't even know what he owned. He only knew that Joseph knew. That's how much he trusted this man. And you know the story of Potiphar's wife coming at him time and time again, trying to elicit some kind of sexual sin with himself, and he refused her, and he refused her, and he refused her. And then she accused him of rape, and he is thrown into prison. You reckon he questioned things? You reckon he was upset? I imagine he probably did. But the scripture says with regard to him being in Potiphar's house and with regard to him being in prison, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. If the Lord's with you, everything's good, isn't it? And I have no doubt that he believed that even as he sat in prison. And he did so well in prison that they made him the head of the prison. And whatsoever was done in that prison, he was the doer of it. There's a gospel message there. We saw that several months ago, but he was in charge. Everything he did, the Lord prospered it. Now you'll remember the two men who had the dreams. He interpreted their dreams. They came to pass while he was in prison. And the one that was set free... He said, remember me. Well, he didn't remember him, did he? Another two years pass, and he's still in that prison. In the meantime, Pharaoh had two dreams. He dreamed about a skinny cow eating a fat cow, and the cow remained just as skinny. And then he dreamed of a skinny ear of corn eating a fat ear of corn, and it remained just as thin. And he didn't know what it meant. He called for all the magicians and sorcerers and wise men in Egypt. They couldn't tell him what it meant. And then that man that he interpreted his dream says, I remember my fault. There's a man in, jo- there's a man in prison right now named Joseph. He interprets dreams. Pharaoh calls him. He interprets the dreams. Those seven Skinny cows eating seven fat cows and seven skinny ears of corn eating seven fat ears of corn. 
Here's what this represents. There's going to be seven years of plenty. The most plenteous time you've ever known. And after that, there'll be seven years of famine that are so grievous that you won't even remember the seven times of plenty. Now, here's what you need to do. You need to get a man to oversee this time of plenty and make sure he saves enough food so when the time of famine comes, you'll have something to eat. Joseph was put in charge of that. And the scripture says that uh, they quit counting the, uh, through his wise management all the food that they came up with. And Joseph became the most powerful man in Egypt. If you're going to have food, you had to, have to go to Joseph for it. And my dear friend, if you're going to have mercy, if I'm going to have grace, I'm going to have to go to Christ for it. There isn't any anywhere else. Now, in the meantime, the famine is over all the earth, and it's in the land of Canaan. And Jacob and his sons are hungry. And Jacob hears there's corn in Egypt. And he sends his ten sons to go to get corn in Egypt, having no idea that Joseph was the head of all of Egypt. And if you were going to get food, you were going to get it from him. He thought he's dead. Remember how his boys took, that, uh, took the coat of many colors and put blood on it and gave it to the dad to, whose is this? Well, they knew whose it was. And he thought he was dead. And oh, he was mourning so greatly he said i'm gonna go down to my grave in sorrow but at any rate he sends those 10 boys to egypt to get uh food he wasn't going to send benjamin uh lest mischief should befall him the scripture says it's okay if it hits these other 10 but not benjamin he leaves him behind and he sends those 10 boys and they come in and they do not recognize who this is it's joseph he recognizes them. As a matter of fact, he speaks to them through an interpreter. They don't hear him speak in the Hebrew language. He recognizes them. And he asks them of their family. He said, do you have a father? Do you have a brother? And they told him about Jacob. They told him about Benjamin. And he said, here's what's going to take place. You're going to go back. And when you come back for more food, if you don't have Benjamin with you, don't come because you won't get anything. Well, they run out of food and they go back and they wanted to take Benjamin. And this is when Jacob says, I can't let him go. And Judah agreed to be a surety. He said, of my hand shall you require of him. What a beautiful gospel type. Christ is our surety. Um, I'll bring him back and set him before thee. So they send them all down. And Joseph is so moved when he sees Benjamin, his true birth mother's other child. He's so moved. And he still doesn't let him know what's going on. And when he sends him back, he plants a silver cup in Benjamin's sack so Benjamin could be framed and he was going to be arrested and kept back and he wasn't going to send him to Joseph. And this is when this speech begins, begins by Judah, Look in verse 29 of chapter 44. And if you take this also from me, speaking of Benjamin, and mischief befall him, you shall bring down my gray hair 
Jesus with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I'm come to thy servant, thy father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life, it shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he'll die. And thy servant shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide in the stead of the lad, a bondwoman to my Lord, a bondman to my Lord. Let me be a substitute, and let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father, and the lad be not with me? Lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. Now when Joseph heard this, Joseph could refrain himself no longer. He couldn't refrain himself. And then he tells everybody to leave. Before all them that stood by, he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there they st- there stood no man, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. You know, he started speaking Hebrew then. He started speaking the language they could understand. Before he did, spoke through an interpreter. But now they know who he is. He makes himself known. And look in verse 2, and he wept aloud. This is how... Moved with joy he was at seeing his brethren, these same people who had sold him. He was weeping with joy because he'd already forgiven them. Oh, the love he had to his brethren. You see, this was a, a relationship that could not be dissolved. These were his brothers. These were his brothers. And he was so happy to have them back. And Joseph said unto his brethren, verse 3, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were terrified at his presence. You see, as a man is, so he thinks others to be. And Joseph's brethren thought, I know what we'd do, and he's going to do the same thing. They thought he was going to put them out of business. They were scared to death. They couldn't even speak. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me. Come near to me. He wasn't punishing them. That's what I would have done. I'd I'd try to make them sweat. I'd do something to let them know how wrong they had done me. And there would be something that I would, some way I would act to keep them, to let them know. uh, I'm in control of this situation. And I want you to feel my pain, my wrath, my anger. Not Joseph. He said, come near to me, I pray you and they came near and he said I'm Joseph your brother whom you sold into Egypt he didn't forget now therefore be not grieved 
nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. I'm sure that they were grieved at this point. As a matter of fact, I'm sure that they had uh, uh, remembered this for it, this 22 or 23 years ago that this took place. And I'm sure from time to time they thought about it. They thought about the way they did their father. They thought the way they did Joseph. And I'm sure there are times guilt would come and even remorse and grief. But look what Joseph said to him: Be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. God did this. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. There's going to be five more years without food. God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity, the promised seed that was going to come through Judah. God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you that sent me hither, but God. Now notice the language. He does not say God permitted this to happen. He says God did this. That's true of everything. God did this. I, um, I know people will say, are you charging God with sin? No, I'm just saying God did this. That's what God says. And you know the way he says it is the best way to say it. God did this. That's true with regard to everything. And he made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, don't wait for anything, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. Thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee for there are yet five years of famine. Lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold your eyes. See. And the eyes of my brother Benjamin. Then it's my mouth that speaketh unto you. I'm the one speaking. And you, he tells the brethren what to tell. And you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you've seen. And you shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all of his brethren and wept upon them. After that, after that, his brethren could talk to him. Not before then. But after that, now there is not a clearer picture of the gospel than right here.
I love the way he says, you go to my brethren. My brethren. I love the way the Lord said about the disciples after they'd all forsook him and fled. Where were they at the cross? They weren't anywhere to be found. They were in hiding. And he said to Mary, you go to my brethren. You go to my brethren. You see, every believer is the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For the which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. He says to Mary, you go to my brethren and tell them, I go to my father and your father. Brethren have the same father. And to my God and to your God. He sent them to his father. I love verse 2 of chapter 45. And he wept aloud. He was so moved with compassion. So moved with joy in seeing his brethren. Now the last time he'd seen them, you can, I can, you think about this one. He, his last vision of his brothers was when they sold him. There he goes down into Egypt. He remembers that. But now he looks at these men who had treated him so cruelly. And he wept with joy. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Christ says to his brethren, I am Joseph. He is our Christ. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. You know, when someone first sees who Christ is, they're troubled. They're troubled. You see, there's something called sin that troubles. But what does he say? And this is what the Lord says unto us. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me. Now, the message of the Bible, it was either, I don't remember if it was in the study or here, somebody read Revelation 22. The message of the scripture, the spirit and the bride say, come. Not go and do, not go and make yourself better, not go and make up for all your faults and failures. Right now, come. Right now. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not go and do, come. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise, for no reason whatsoever, cast out. This is our message. Come. Come, not, not make yourself better. Not get this straightened up first or get that straightened up first. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ empty-handed just as you are. Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I'm Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. I'm Christ, who you crucified. 
I'm Christ, who you crucified. Don't miss that. He didn't uh, overlook the magnitude of their wickedness. I'm Christ, who you crucified. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves. What I couldn't help but think about was when the Lord said in John chapter 13 to Peter, Peter, you're going to deny that you know me three times. You know what he said next? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Now, if I understand anything about the Lord Jesus Christ, it's this. His father sent him. His father sent him. He sent him to save. It wasn't with reluctance the father sent him. He didn't send him to make a way to love. He sent him because he did love. The father sent him. God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet are five years in which there shall be neither earring nor harvest. You're not going to have any way of getting anything to eat at all. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Now, I want you to think of the greatness of this deliverance. Not only are all my sins forgiven, they're gone. I stand before God without sin. I'm justified. Not only am I forgiven, I'm justified. That means I have a state of sinlessness before God. Having always done that which is right and having never done that which is wrong. That's the state of every believer. That's what justification means. If you're justified, it means you're not guilty. I have a new heart that he gave me when God the Holy Spirit gave me life. I have something that I never had before. What a great deliverance. I'm going to be perfectly conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And of course we don't understand this, but there's going to be a, a time coming when I won't even remember what it's like to be a sinner. I won't even remember sin. Perfectly conformed to his image. What a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. Don't ever hold back on that. Don't say, well, God in his permissive will allowed this to happen. No, he did it. He did it. Don't hold back on that. Don't try to keep religions happy by... Well, I'm not going to make God the author of sin. You can't make God the author of sin. God's God. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father 
to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. The high exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's made him that way, hasn't he? Now here's preaching. Hasty. Hasty. There's, a, there's an urgency here. Hasty. And go to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me. That's a command. Tarry not. Don't wait to get better. Don't wait till you've improved your situation. Come down right now. Tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. That's the best land. And thou shalt be near unto me. Near, so near to God. Nearer, I cannot be. For in the person of his dear son, I'm as near to God as he. Dear, so dear to God. Dearer, I cannot be. For in the person of his dear son, I'm as dear to God as he. Now somebody says, I don't feel that way. Well, I don't either. (laughs) I don't either. I believe it though. I believe the gospel. Thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household do all that thou hast come to poverty. And that's what will happen if he doesn't nourish us. But he gives his promise. I will nourish thee and behold your eyes. See in the eyes of my brother Benjamin that it's my mouth that speaketh to thee. Now this is what me and you need. We need him to speak to us. If all we hear is the preacher, it's not going to do us any good at all. We need him to speak to us. And here's the content of preaching. And you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt. And of all that you've seen. You're going to speak of his glory. And you're going to tell of all you've seen. How he can be just and justify the ungodly. How the doors of mercy are wide open to anybody who calls. The excellency and glory of Jesus Christ. You're going to tell all you have seen. You can't tell what you haven't seen. But you're going to tell all you have seen. And you shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, when they saw their complete acceptance by Joseph. Accepted. Listen to me, accepted in the beloved. After that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house. Do you know, you can talk to him. You can pour out your heart before him. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and he hears. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you for this story that is so clearly written by you. Lord, we ask in Christ's name that we might be forgiven people. And we ask in Christ's name that we might be forgiving people. Bless this for your glory and our good. In Christ's name we pray.